0: i want to let you know about an upcoming virtual conference that you gotta check out in an effort to bring more thoughtful dialogue to the topic of mental health in the latter-day saint context the leading saints team has put together the mentally healthy saints virtual summit we have interviewed 20 plus individuals with expertise or real life experience related to so many mental health topics including anxiety depression eating disorders adhd and even scrupulosity We will discuss all these topics as they relate to the Latter-day Saint faith experience and how we can all come together to better minister to those who struggle with mental health. It's free to attend virtually and you got to join us. For more details on the topics that we will cover during the summit and to register for free, text the word LEAD to 474747 or visit LeadingSaints.org slash mental health. Again text the word LEAD to 474747 or visit LeadingSaints.org slash mental health. yeah this is curtis reed st george utah just want to give a, a quick shout out to kurt and the group at leading saints that profound impact i think on, on a lot of people enjoy what they what you guys are doing appreciate all the content library as saints we're all trying to find our way in this world and i think the more that we can collaborate on those things that matter the more that we can see how the gospel can penetrate our lives get into our worlds and make things better there's always more to be and more to do and i appreciate what kurt and the group has put together appreciate the time and effort that's gone behind all of this it's very valuable encourage anybody out there who's maybe a first-time listener to the Leading Saints, grab a hold, get yourself invested in the library, there'll be some things and there'll be some gems that you'll find. Appreciate all you guys enjoy. It's another How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. My name is Kurt Francom. Welcome back. Now, if you're new to Leading Saints, we are a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping Latter-day Saints better prepared to lead. And we do that through uh, various forms of content creation. One of those being this podcast, which I hope you subscribe. And while you're at it, we might as well leave a review to help us be found by other people looking for fantastic Latter-day Saint podcasts. And we also have a website at leading with thousands of articles related to leadership topics and our virtual summits. We have a weekly newsletter and on and on it goes. We hope you jump into the leading saints world and find value in this content. Now in this, how I lead segment, as those of you that are familiar with the, how I lead segment, we talk with leaders across the world who aren't necessarily famous or world renowned, but they're Leaders and they're doing their best, just like we all are in our leadership roles. And we just simply ask them the question, How is it that you lead? And they usually share two to three principles that maybe they can be inspired by or apply in your own leadership. And today we are headed on the other side of the globe to Lithuania, where we interview Denise Grinaveljus. Denise, that's actually a male name, so I don't want to get confused that it's a female that I'm talking to. He is a branch president on a second go at being a branch president, also been a district president, and so many other callings that are available in Lithuania that he's had an opportunity to serve in. And so I ask him about the church in Lithuania at the beginning, what it's like, and how it's being impacted by the COVID pandemic. And then we jump into his leadership principles. So here's my interview with Denise Green Apple Juice. I'm here with Denise Greenavel Juice. Did I say it right? Close enough. Very Green- close enough. <laughs> I do have much practice. Green but yes. Green Apple Juice. Denise Green Apple Juice. Now you are in Lithuania and you'll have to uh, I need to apologize for this. I'm such an ignorant American. There's probably things I should know about Lithuania, you know, the culture, the language, whatever it is. And I'm going to just be be real and say, I don't know much, but that's why you're here to help us out. Um, so just maybe to give us a rundown of, of uh, you and your experience in the church, some of the callings you've held, and then maybe give us a summary of what the church is like in Lithuania.
1: Lithuania is part of East Europe area. And uh, it uh, used to be a part of Russia a long time ago. It's, so it was one of the USSR countries. But it became independent in 1993. And that's when the Iron Curtain fell down. And that's when religion started to fall to the country and people were starting to get interested. And that's exactly the time when I got interested in the church. I was at that time only 14 years of age. I was very young, but um, I was couldn't say I was interested in religion, but I was interested to meet Americans, real Americans, and hmm. uh, to practice my English. And you have to understand, we didn't see any... Americans. We didn't see anybody else except people from, you know, USSR countries. Yeah. So that was really exotic for us to meet and see missionaries for the first time we met. Yeah. But like I said, it was more, you know, for me, interesting to see how well they taught me in my school. Because before I met missionaries, I'm sure it was pure Russian accent I was speaking with. And uh, when meeting with the missionaries, a lot of people saying, I'm getting this uh, a little bit of American accent now.
0: Yeah. Is there anything more you'd add? Just like being, you said you were 14 when the iron curtain fell. I mean, was there that feeling of liberation? Like the world, your world had totally changed. I mean, what, what, how would you describe some of those feelings you felt from, from that young age?
1: The funny part, when the, when there was this uh, revolution going on uh, that night, I fell asleep and I didn't hear anything, but you know, next morning I wake up, it's a free country, but Talking from the perspective of a kid, uh, I must tell another a myth, maybe, which exists. We were very happy. It was a happy place to live. It was an amazing place, safe, interesting, and uh, all was well for the kids. And uh, we had everything we need, everything was available for us, but we didn't have a religion. Freedom of religion was not there. And when the, the this time came, a lot of missionaries from different churches were coming to the country and preaching the gospel. And I definitely find it's uh, the hand of God that he led me even straight to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that uh, from the first time I met, I i was all, i was all in i was all in, in the, with the church mostly i was all with my friends missionaries but um, and when i was baptized even i i couldn't say I had a testimony but uh, with time like all the bednards sir it was more like a raising of the sun for me when i look back i see that i had a lot of good um, spiritual experiences which led to the point where i am now I have a Strong testimony of Jesus Christ and of the church. Speaking about the church, the first um, few years were very good. The, that's where we saw a lot of growth of the church. So if we say today we have about, it's, it's very still small, very small. We have about 800 people in total in the in church in Lithuania. We have five branches. Two in the city of Vilnius, one in another city of Kaunas, Klaipa, and Shodai is the biggest cities where we have uh, small branches of the church at the moment. Asking, uh, answering your question about the callings I serve, it would be easier to say the callings I did not serve. So I have never <laughs> been to a young woman and Relief Society. Everything else, I've served there. <laughs>
0: Nice. And so, and I think it was mentioned, uh, we got to give a shout out to Landon who originally connected us, but, uh, I mean, is it, uh, you've served as a district president there, which is similar to a stake president. Uh, is it still a district or are there any stakes in Lithuania? There is no stakes, unfortunately, in Lithuania, but yes, I served as a district
1: president uh, and I even had chance to serve as a counselor to the mission president, because in Lithuania, when we speak about mission president, he's not only presiding over the missionaries, but he's more like acting like a state president for us. But now we have a, a local district presidency and uh, yeah, branches yeah. run by the
0: members. And then that district presidency sort of reports to the state or the uh, mission president of. Yes, 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 yes.
1: And mission president, again, another interesting thing about maybe for people to learn about our mission, our mission has four countries and we speak five languages. So Lithuanian Baltic mission has Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia and Belarusia as part of their mission. And as you know, Belarusia is still, kind of close to the missionary uh, efforts and serving there. But uh, we speak, there's Lithuanian speaking missionaries, Latvian speaking missionaries, Estonian, Belarusian, and Russian speaking missionaries. And uh, and the
0: mission. Wow. So I'd imagine, is there a Lithuanian language or is it just Russian? Yes, there is a
1: Lithuanian language, even though there is about 3 million of us, we have our own language. Oh, nice.
0: Yes. And so you speak Lithuanian and Russian and English? Lithuanian, Russian, English, and... uh, Oh, nice. <laughs> Just throw that one in for good measure. Good. Nice. Yes. So I'd imagine you see a lot of the same missionaries since they're not ro- rotating through the entire mission. They're they're all staying within Lithuania as they serve.
1: Yes. This is the interesting part. If you called as a Russian speaking, you might serve in any of the four countries. But if you serve, if you call to speak a certain language, which is sort of, Lithuanian, for example, then you are probably will be serving Lithuania in Lithuania and this for four different cities we have mentioned before.
0: Nice. And then what temple district are you in?
1: <laughs> Another hard question to answer, because in Vilnius, there's two branches. There's a Vilnius first and Vilnius second. I don't like to divide us by the language, but Vilnius second dominant language is Russian. And because of that, we chose to belong to Kiev, Ukraine. Temple, when uh, most of the districts go to Finland Helsinki Temple. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So uh, the, the word it's a, it's a branch that you're a part of, right? It is a branch, yes. Right. So the branch that you're part of, they speak uh, Russian in their services and. Yeah, mostly we speak Russian, we have uh,
1: some American English-speaking people, and our branch is, uh, we have a lot of people from Ukraine, which due to the situation in Ukraine have decided to migrate to, to Lithuania, and they're very strong members, and I don't know what I would do without my Ukrainians members of the church, it would be very hard for us.
0: Wow. That's great. That's awesome. So you've been, I assume you've been the, the branch president uh, maybe a few it's times. It's, or...
1: it's, it's its a second time I'm a branch president. I did something wrong and I, I knew some things I did wrong when I was first time serving. So I need, uh, the Lord gave me a second chance.
0: That's great. And how long have you been branch president this time around? It's been two years now. Oh, great. Awesome. Uh, Is everything, tell us maybe uh, just the the coronavirus situation there. Is church still, uh, I mean, you're not doing any in-person meetings at this time? Is it all on Uh,
1: Very hard topic for us because we haven't been together for a year now. March 16, 2020, that's when the church stopped. And we haven't been, we've never been released to go to the church meetings. All our meetings held via Zoom. So it's only Zoom meetings at the moment.
0: Gotcha. And, and, yeah. and how is that uh, just in general in Lithuania, the, the COVID cases and things it seem to be on a positive, headed in a positive direction? Or
1: Yeah, we're having a second wave, what they called. Uh, we have uh, 6% positive uh, response to all the tests they do. So for, for a small country like us, we have about 500 cases a day. So we have already seen some easing and all for example, we were supposed to wear a mask all the time on the street. Now we're allowed to at least to go without the mask on the street, only if you go to the shop or anything like that. But yeah. church unfortunately is still
0: closed and no meetings. Interesting. Well uh, hopefully things uh head towards the positive uh, direction here for all of us and that we can be back as, as saints, you know, physically sooner than later. But um, as we do in these, how I lead interviews, I typically ask you to uh, put together a list of leadership principles that you, you uh, serve and, and lead by. And so this leads to great uh, anecdotes and stories that, uh, that we can learn from. So the first one he put here is care more about the Lord, what the Lord will think versus what people will think. How's that, uh, been made manifest in your service
1: being a branch president you want to serve people of course and you want to do what's the best for them but i learned that you cannot be it's not my goal to be favorite you know it's not my goal to be uh, that people would say oh he's been so good president to me or to anything else i learned that uh, the most important is what laura thinks of me rather than what people thinks of me and um, interestingly enough i would say that you know the the hard thing and the uh, back side of the moon or dark side of the calling is that when you have to have a disciplinary councils or the things which are not pleasant and the so things you have to go through and uh, but those things though those meetings i always Come out with a headache and totally exhausted, but I think this is also shows that uh, this always been a good uh, spiritual experiences for me. And in those meetings, uh, when we gather together as leaders, we sometimes really need to wrestle with the Lord to find out the decisions because you know we come as three individuals, we come with a certain opinion, we have we come with a certain possible outcome of the meeting to this uh, when we when we enter and when we learn from each other, we see that we have three different approaches and that's the time when we have to totally put aside what we think and try to find out what the Lord thinks and how he wants to proceed. And um, I, I learned this principle very well. Uh, once I remember very clearly, I was so overwhelmed. There were so many emails, so many reports, so many things to do. that I I just basically switched off the phone. I didn't answer any single email and I was just like so overwhelmed. And I just, I just let it flow. And I learned that the church didn't fall apart. Nothing nothing happened. You know, I learned that this is his church. And I'm just, uh, I'm blessed to serve him. And I'm blessed to lead the people he entrusted me. But it doesn't mean that I do it. He does it all the time. So if I can follow his will, if I can, at the end of the day, no matter what the day was, if I can go knowing that I have done the best I knew how to do it and the best according to what I felt. This is where I found my comfort in the tough decisions and the tough moments of being a branch
0: president. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, just that real sense of the overwhelm and and it can just pile on some days where you think you can it's like you can barely breathe, you know, there's just so much coming at you and so just to step back, maybe cut off a correspondence for a time just to catch your breath, right? Yes, yes. The next principle you put is uh, never complain. Oh, come on. You got to complain a little bit. Am I right?
1: No, I've, this, is, this, is, this is my first time I've been called to the branch president. Probably I was been complaining a lot. But this is a really a new principle for me and something I learned very, very recently. And also, which helped me you know, when I was studying the Book of Mormon and I found this principle. And uh, I learned this principle, to be honestly, absolutely honest with you, from the mission president. A great mission, great leader we had from Ukraine, President Pohilko. Imagine, mission president, I think this is the even harder calling than the branch president because he has to deal with the missionaries. And we know how missionaries are. I know how I was as a missionary, a young and mature, but he also acting as a stake president. So after three years serving as a mission president, due to the COVID, he had to continue serving in that calling. And he had another calling on top of that in the area presidency. And I called him and I was sympathizing with him and saying, I, I truly understand how how hard it is. And he showed me an example in the scriptures where, where We speak about three Nephites or John the Beloved. All the others had a very good uh, desire. They wanted to serve and then come to the Lord. But those were different because when their time was ended, they continued to serve. So for me, this was, you know, I will never complain about that. I have to serve for another year or two or three, uh, because previously, you know, after a certain amount of time, you start to meet with the district presence like, hey, do you have anybody, you know, you want to... Replace me with, or do you have any ideas? <laughs> and you start to put that seed into his thought. But I thought, no, no, not this time. I will not. I will not become. I will not complain. And uh, I look to this as the opportunity to learn and uh, to opportunity of the opportunity to grow for me. And uh, of course, I complained. You know, ask my wife, and she will. She will. <laughs> <laughs> probably that's the, the the person you can complain. It's the Lord and the, and your wife. And when you, but the people. I mean, the people should feel and should know how to rejoice in the gospel i think and it's been very a uh, topic for us to to rejoice in our calling and if we are not rejoicing then uh, we need to reevaluate and to see what we're doing wrong and when you find joy in the service when you find joy you know being tired uh, at the end of the day and when you you don't want to complain anymore you know you're just Again, you understand that this is the, <laughs> this is the biggest mistake when you start to think I have done something great, no, I have never done anything great. This is the Lord and this is His work and we just merely beheld seeing what He is doing with us and, and through us to other people and this is great.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. You know, refocusing on, on the true purpose and and uh, where the glory uh, truly resides in this work. And also recognizing that, you know, it's not like you never, ever complain, but complaining in the right people in the right context rather than just openly. <laughs> so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, next principle you put is uh, training the youth or training uh, your replacement. I would imagine in a place like you're at where the church is maybe much younger compared to other places in the world. And, you know, just from your, your history and leadership, I'm sure you're a great leader and and do these things, but I'm sure there's not many people to go around to to pass these callings to. And so how have you found it effective in, in training upcoming leaders or even the youth so that in the future in Lithuania, they have some, some great leaders ready and, and willing.
1: I think this is a golden J. Kimball who says there is an inspiration, revelation, and, and there is a relations, but <laughs> you know, and there is sometimes you, you notice that in the small churches like this, you have certain families who kind of are always there and always change, changing callings. But for me, I've been given an opportunity to serve at a very young age. I, don't, I think I was 16 when I was called to the district presidency as a counselor to the district president. And he was a very wise uh, senior couple missionary who was serving. And uh, he trusted me. He trusted me so that uh, I remember very clearly that one day uh, President Eyring was visiting Lithuania. And he says, you're going to translate for President Eyring. And looking back, I know that he could pick up any other person. There were so many people who were speaking English so much better than I, and who could have done the same things and would do it better. But he wanted this experience especially for me. And uh, this was one of my great spiritual experiences, because I was able to translate for President Eyring. And I remember standing there translating, and then I think, this is amazing. I know English so well. And immediately I couldn't translate a word of his saying. You know, it just like I open my mouth and nothing comes out. But after some time, you know, it came back. And that was one of the great lessons <laughs> I learned that well, it's not you. If you want to try it here, you had your chance to try and you 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 failed. So let rely on the Lord; He'll help you. Mm-hmm. And uh, President Nelson also uh, recently has been speaking a lot. We trust the youth, and I I keep saying that. I want to trust the youth as much as president nelson is trusting them and it's hard because you see them you know in their everyday life but at the moment we have two 18 year olds who just received the melchizedek priesthood and we immediately call them one to the branch presidency and another to the elders quorum presidency to raise them to give them this opportunity to serve and to give them opportunity to uh, see how the things are done in the church and i believe that If we don't do that, if we don't raise our youth, if we don't help them, then we're going to be always stuck in these callings. You know, you will call me in 10 years and I will be a third or fourth time a branch president. And this is not the goal. We want this youth to be the leaders and they were prepared for this special time. And we know this and uh, we just need to help them find that testimony and build it on and have the spiritual experiences um, in this way this is the easiest way you know to get replaced <laughs> just to train somebody and uh you know when the time comes and when some when the district president or mission president asks who could be your replacement i want my first my counselors and then the youth to be in that list to say that they know how to do to run the church and they're ready so i think placing trust in youth and uh, helping youth to grow is uh, very important and uh, mm-hmm. Especially in the small churches like this, it helps also the youth to stay close to the maybe a little bit older brothers, but also between themselves, it uh, gives them some responsibilities and things to do. Yeah.
0: So drill down on that a little bit for me, as far as like trusting, trusting youth and maybe trusting young leaders, how does that look like specifically? And I would imagine it becomes tough to do that at times when you can see maybe the mistakes they're making, it's obvious or, you know, and you want to step in and and correct that. So any thoughts or examples come to mind as as far as like what trusting youth or trusting young leaders actually looks like?
1: Yeah. Example is very easy. You know, it's always easier and faster to do it yourself. It's always easier and faster, but you have to be patient and you have to, you know, say that, well think about the Lord how patient he is with me yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I know myself how how hard I can be so just giving them this opportunity to, to to do those mistakes and it's I don't see anything bad in them doing mistakes and there's nothing we couldn't correct or anything we can do you know but uh, for them to be in the presidency meetings to see you know to study from handbook of instruction to see how we how, how things are done how we pray how we decide upon the callings how we pray for the callings and we search for this thing. And we search for the revelation, and for them to be part of this, it's 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 a great experience. I was involved, and I want to share that with with them as well.
0: Yeah, I, I love that thought. There's just even the the simple act of exposing them to the natural workings of an organization or a ward or a church, you know, really uh, prepares them for maybe five, 10 years down the road when they're in a similar situation, they think back, well, I remember, uh, you know, how that leader handled it and I'll try that and see if it works. And so just that exposure does a lot for them
1: yeah they also you know they're much better than we are with the technology so giving them tax, tasks with technology you know maybe reports filling in or something you pff, most branch presidents would don't like to do but we have this is part of work we have to do or uh, entering donations and, and things like that is it's it's a uh, uh, some responsibilities you know sometimes i could not give to my counselor because they the computer literacy is not there yet <laughs> but uh, my youth is there to help and support me yeah
0: now, I, uh, there's one more that I want to touch on. And I typically uh, push people on this uh, because it's sort of uh, a natural one that all leaders want to, want to, to go to. And that is loving people you are called to serve, you know, <laughs> and, and, which is great. And I'd love to have you expand on that. But I always say, well, give me one more because uh, a lot of people say that and and means think different things to different people. But, but what does that mean? Like, how does loving the people you serve, like, how do you actually go about that?
1: yeah i put that principle there and uh the reason why i served my mission in scotland and uh, i built some eternal friendships there and the people i trust so much and uh, there is a one specific uh, lady who had a deep impact on me and when i was called as a branch president I, co- I called her and asked like do you have any suggestions and she just said well just love your people and for me for me it's a uh, it's a game changer since, well, being a man is sometimes easier to love than to be loved. And, uh, you know, it's, I see for some people, it's easier to love others and to accept maybe themselves and to, show this appreciation and, and receive this love from others. And uh, in this age where we read in the scriptures that the hearts of the people will fail them, I think. And the, so I, I see it as the hearts are be, becoming more cold. The love is actually the thing which helps to melt out the heart of the, every bitter person you can find, you know, and, uh, I had another also situation where you know i was talking to another branch president who is a good friend of mine and i was asking how are you dealing with this i have a very hard person in my branch you know he's com- he's complaining he's uh, doing certain things and how should i should i go about and he just like come around him put your hands uh, around uh, like give him a hug tell him you love him and see what's going on and, and then just say if you have to something to correct i remember doing that and I. I didn't feel like I, I wanted to correct him anymore. you know. I, I felt like that this is just enough. And I, showing the love of the people is uh, is very great. And just today, I was listening to uh, one another podcast. And the, the, the thought which came, they referred it that it came from Elder Faust. So I haven't double-checked it, so please don't quote me on that. But he says sometimes the, the action of correction we are the way we correct people is even putting more harm than the act we're trying to correct. Oh,
0: yeah. So
1: I think, you know, this is things I would like to avoid. And uh, if you do a mistake, let it be a mistake on the side of the mercy. So loving is something I still learn and I still uh, need to do better how to love people. And um, because when we have this pure love, we have a better understanding on how to help them and how to see them as the Lord sees them and, If we do this and we help them to see this, then there is no need for us to correct anything. They will, they will, they will do it
0: themselves. Love it. That's awesome. I was going to ask you just from, you know, as we do these, how I lead interviews, it's just interesting to hear some of the more superficial approaches to leadership, like any apps that you use, or do you have a Google doc that really is uh, helping you through leadership or ways that you text or communicate anything come to mind as far as uh, technology that you use or, or unique approaches to how you organize your leadership. This is a
1: hard one. So I don't think there's any unique one. Uh, Again, my branch at the moment has a lot of elderly people who is maybe not so familiar with technology so it took us quite a while to set up we even to have a zoom meetings online but we are, we are there now and we, we are, we are doing this, but personally, I don't think I will do a, any difference. I, I just use LDS tools. I find everything I need there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, of course, there's a lot of Google sheets we have to fill in for a district presidency and for area presidency, but um, yeah. I don't think yeah. I have anything curious, else.
0: But uh, maybe with uh, your, so use zoom for your, your uh, church meetings right now. Yes we use zoom meetings for the church meetings okay cool and uh, is that just simply setting up a camera in in your chapel or or do you do it from home or how, did, how does that work yeah we everybody's connecting
1: from home because unfortunately we are not allowed to go to the chapel even if it's a few people we, it's, mm-hmm. uh, we, we don't do it so it just and we had to before we had, we had to visit each member and help them to set up the zoom so they could be accesses and uh, to join the meetings so but it's working very well now and uh, we are moving to the direction that our zoom meeting is exactly the same as you would see, you know, as I said in the church. So it's uh, starts with the hymn, with the prayer. And then we do the sacrament, we turn off the cameras and we come back and we have uh, uh, some people who will share a spiritual thought. And then we have our lessons, or we separate during the different classes. So we have a breakout rooms where we go for you for primary or gospel principles class are. Yeah,
0: that's great. Awesome. Well, I, I hope I get a chance to, to visit you in, in Lithuania sometime. It'd be a, a country I'd love to, to visit and learn more about and experience the, the gospel there. Right. Well, uh, Denise, the last question I have for you, uh, as you reflect on your time as a leader in various capacities, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? again being a leader for me it just become
1: more recently it becomes more you know you have to serve more and when you serve others leadership understood in the world as the prestige or something you are aspiring and something you know you have to go in front and uh, drag everybody behind you but uh, leadership in the church is totally different leadership in the church is a full-time service and uh, Realizing that uh, every time I keep saying that I'm not serving to brother A or sister B, I'm serving to Jesus Christ and I am do what I would do for him. And I would, uh, I'm doing this all for him. And this is the whole purpose of service, you know, and uh, this is more like a, this helped me to understand the way the, the Lord served, you know, because he didn't receive any rewards and he was even smitten and driven away and uh, so every time i serve and i see that you know nobody throws stones at me nobody you know persecutes me at least for now but i I am able to serve other serve people It's, it's a great way to serve the lord definitely
0: That concludes my interview with Denise green Juice. Uh, hopefully, you appreciated that. I love connecting with uh, Latter-day Saints and other parts of the world. It gets me out of my Utah bubble and even my United States bubble, right? And it's uh, inspiring to see the church move forward in these other parts where the church is still quite young and still growing and developing and, and establishing strong leadership practices and, and tradition. And so uh, bless Denise's heart for allowing me to uh, interview him and learn about the church in, in Lithuania. If there's anybody else especially those international uh, leaders that I could reach out to connect with and invite them on a How I Lead segment. I'd love to be put in touch with them. So go to leading saints.org contact and send us their information. We're building a long list of potential leaders may not be able to get to all of them, but we're always willing to entertain a suggestion and see if it uh, becomes a phenomenal How I Lead interview. And don't forget to register for free for the Mentally Healthy Saints virtual summit by texting the word LEAD to 474747 or visiting LeadingSaints.org slash mental health. It came as a result
1: of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.